such a great reminder of one of the reasons why we come and worship together. Uh, you just can't sing like that alone. <laughs> uh, you can, I try, um, but it's not the same. And what a great opportunity we have to, to worship God, to give him his proper place, his rightful place. Um, there's plenty of places and things you can do that will happily take your money and lie to you about what truth is. But uh, this is the moment of reality. And we're finding out more and more uh, just how true that is, is um, reality and truth separates. And it's not an accident. It, it's, it's a, and it's not a, an undercover plot. It's, it's the living out of an ideology in a different religion. It's, it's, it's really simple. We worship Jesus Christ. We, we, we study this book and we value this book as God's word. They don't. They worship other things. And so they follow other things and they follow other ideologies. Um, it's just important for us to know, well, what, what is reality and what is truth? And we're so blessed and so fortunate to have this book. And as you're turning to Ephesians 6, this book is the only book that hasn't been revised in the public school system. You know, every book, every science book, history book has had to been revised, been fixed because of untruths. That's part of the process as a superintendent that I had to go through and in, in studying uh, different course curriculums. I call it scope and sequence and uh, looking at that. And it's just, it's incredible how often that the books have to be adjusted. Well, what if I had a book that was for over 3,000 years, 3,000 years, has always been historically accurate, 100%. That has always been geographically accurate, 100%. In fact, if you're, if you're a, a real archaeologist in the history of archaeology, the, the, the one document that you know will, will serve you well as truth of where places are is going to be the Bible because um, it's never not true. It's the most archaeological, geographical, scientific book. It's never been uh, disproven, disproven from its science. In fact, more, most of our great scientific discoveries were built on the basis of anchoring and understanding in Scripture and God. If you can't have a, a, a proven truth consistency, right? If everything is postmodern, if everything is random, if everything is, well, maybe, then your brakes might not work when you drive out of here. It's the science. It's God who upholds the truth of something that then we can go, okay, we solved it. We figured it out. Now we can move forward. You know, Newton's law of, of gravity. What, what happens if you throw something up and it, it doesn't come down. 
Well, knowing that it comes down, knowing how gravity works, okay, now we can make our scientific advancement. And again, the, the Bible is the most accurate scientific book. Historically, historically, th there's a lot in the Bible, historically, that's never been disproven. That's always been true. And last week we saw a great example of that with, with the Easter celebration. You know, we, we hear a lot about people saying, well, prove to me, prove to me that, that, you know, Jesus died on the cross, was buried and rose again. Oh, I, I have an idea. Why don't you prove to me he didn't? Because I have a book here that, as I just mentioned, has never been proven wrong historically, historically geographically, archaeologically, never been proven wrong historically and this book documents over 500 eyewitnesses that said i was there i saw it i saw it has another 11 witnesses 10 of them who saw it and and said you know what i'm going to devote the rest of my life to preaching what i saw what i heard from jesus the the disciples the apostles and, he, and 10 of them were punished and died for their faith in Jesus, for what they saw Jesus do. Who would do that? Who would die for a lie? Now, again, this is 2000 years ago when, well, you know, they, they, they didn't get to write a book or do a movie or, you know, have, you know, followers on TikTok or Instagram where they were monetizing the lie. They didn't make money and didn't get popular by promoting the lie. They died. They were tortured. They were martyred. And so again, prove to me he didn't live. Our whole calendar is based on, on the, the life of Christ. All our history that we believe with Roman emperors and, you know, I mean, if you don't believe in Jesus, I mean, you, don't, you can't believe in history. We have more documented history about Jesus than any of them. Um, well, it's important that we understand that because there are things that we can't see that then we're going to have to put some, some faith and some trust, right? What we believe in, we believe that, that there is more to this life than this flesh that actually the truth, the great mystery is the little secret. The flesh isn't the important part. It, it's the spirit. The flesh lasts, you know, under a hundred years, the spirit lasts forever for eternity. It's one of the great mysteries revealed in scripture. Why? And how do I trust what the Bible says about what I can't see, feel and touch because I can trust the authenticity of, of, of what we can prove in the Bible. And so when it's proven true over and over and over again, well, then I'm left to believe the things that I have to take a little step of faith in. We're studying the armor of God. We're looking at the armor of God in this spiritual battle that we're in. And as I was thinking about this this week, th there are two things that I think are probably the biggest mistakes that you can make in your life. The biggest mistakes that you can make in your life. One, not believing in God. Not believing that there's a God is, is going to be the biggest mistake you ever made in your life. 
Second is not believing that there's an enemy. Not believing in Satan is, is really dangerous, really a dangerous thing because we don't live in fairy tale land of lollipops and unicorns. We, we have the Lord God Almighty, who's the creator of the universe, and we have an enemy. And there is an enemy. And we have spirit beings, the angels, right? If you, if, if you struggle with believing in angels, then you're going to struggle believing in God. If you struggle believing in God, you're going to struggle believing in angels. Again, that's why those are hand in hand. It's very, very important. I was thinking again about our, 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 our belief in God and how some people struggle with that. And we talk a lot about this, especially in, in school, but the, the idea of creation, the idea of how, how did we get here? I mean, those are the big questions, right? Who am I and how do I get here? Well, if you're not sure if you're real, pinch yourself really hard. If, if you're afraid to do it, have your neighbor pinch you really hard and you're going to find out real quick, you're real, things hurt. Okay, so you're real. Um, well, then how did you get here? How did you get here? It was just, I guess, the accident, right? It was the accident. There's nothing around us that would leave you to a conclusion of accident. Nothing. This, we call this a smart TV, right? The TVs are smart now. In fact, I think they have a little eye thing. They're watching us. I, I hope they... The TVs are, are computers, mini computers. The idea that we can put something on it and televise it is incredible. It's an, a live image. That, that's how... Uh, but I guess we just, you just walked in one day and it was there. We Neato. Um, well, that's not very complicated. Let's get to something super complicated like that wooden cross. Anybody think that a tree fell down in the back and boom, that rolled out? Anybody ever chop a tree down or whittle or make something? Takes time. Takes intelligent design, craftsmanship, skill to make that silly piece of wood right there. And, and, and you want us to believe that, that this human body is an accident. One of the cool things about doctors is like there's specialties, right? I was thinking yesterday, I used to advertise for podiatrists of all things. And I was thinking, how did that even work? Who wants to go to a podiatrist? You guys know what a podiatrist is? It's a guy that's a foot doctor. It's all he does is feet. It's all he does, feet. He loves feet. He digs feet. Okay? Feet are weird. I don't want to see them, touch them, smell them. None of it. Um, but, but he's a specialist in that area. He knows everything about feet. Do you know how complex and complicated a foot is? It's beautiful. It's amazing. Stay. The eyeball, that your eyeball can, can see, it's, how, it's, it's incredible to think that this is all just an accident. See, see, I have proof that everything requires design. 
Nothing here that you see is an accident. Nothing. So what would make you believe that the earth, which is the most complex of them all, I mean, the earth is alive and it sprouts things or, or a human body. Um, well, this is the truth. And what we're finding out in our study of, of our armor is we, it's really a battle of truth. And so when we look at Ephesians 6 and we're wrapping up this series, it says, finally, okay, finally, this is the, the end of this, the, this little book to a little church in Ephesus. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. And so we're in a battle. We're at war. Now there's different types of wars. You know, we talked a couple of weeks about the Cold War. The Cold War wasn't America versus the USA. It was America versus Russia, right? I think I stumbled that a couple times on accident, which is great to have kids. They'll remind you of that. Um, but there was the Cold War. You know, we've had wars in African deserts. Um, I, I remember Desert Storm where they had like all the, the, the camo that was like a desert. It's like, hey, we're the green guys. It's like, well, the green isn't going to keep you camouflaged in the desert. Oh, they camouflage depending on where they're at. We've had jungle wars. We've had wars in the Pacific, in oceans, with battleships and planes. World War I, we had trench warfare where you're fighting for inches. Um, we've seen the... World War II with the Panzer tanks. It's like the, the modern cavalry using tanks. Uh, the Luftwaffe, the, the, the planes that would just come in plane after plane. We see that there's divisions in the military. You know, for us, you know, basically we have Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, and then even the subdivisions within them, the, the, the Rangers, the Navy SEALs. There, there, there's different elements and pieces to war to soldiers to the battles. So here's the thing. God wants to perfectly prepare us for our battle, our battle. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. Our battle is not against a missile being launched at you. That's not really what the battle is. Those are pictures. Okay. God is trying to prepare us perfectly for our type of war. Psalm 18.2 says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my shield, my stronghold. So right away we get a, wait a minute. My rock, my shield, my fortress is not a building. It's not armor. It's not steel. It's the Lord. We're dealing with something different here. 2 Timothy 2.1 says, Endure hardship like a good soldier. We're soldiers in this battle and there will be hardship. There will be trials. Uh, ask some of the older people in the room by older. I mean, over 30 life is hard. Ask the people who have kids. They're right around 30 and they look like they're 60. Life is hard. Okay. Um, and ask the young people, life is hard. We all, we all have our difficulties. We all do. First Timothy 6, 11 encourages us how 
to fight the good fight. How to fight the good fight. There is a good fight. There's a fight. Okay, in 1 Timothy, let me read this real quick for you. But 1 Timothy 6.11 reveals a little bit more. Verse 12, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Look, we're fighting a good fight. Why? What's the payoff? Eternal life. But notice the verse before. What's the good fight? What is our fight against? Flee from these things, you, you man of God. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Now, I've seen some war movies. Those aren't words that you usually see in war movies. The Battle of Gentleness. Remember that movie? The fight of righteousness. Our battle, our fight, our good fight is that we need to flee from the things which attack righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Now think about that. That's what our fight is against. And so we've been looking at how to be strong in the Lord. We looked at these seven pieces of armor. Picking back up, verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but the rulers against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Do not make the mistake of not believing that there are demonic forces. Do not pretend like they don't exist. Don't crawl up in a little ball and close your eyes and wish them away. They're there. They're real and they're there. Verse 13, take therefore up the full armor of God. Why? That you may be able to stand or to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm therefore, having girded your loins with truth, the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel, in addition to taking up the shield of faith, with which you will be able to extinguish all flaming missiles of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation, with the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on alert with all the perseverance and, pe and petition for all the saints. And so our armor, our seven pieces of armor, and remember we're, we're using these examples of a belt and a breastplate to actually remind ourselves of the fight against righteousness. And so it's the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness. We shot our feet in the gospel. We put on the helmet of salvation the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, the shield of faith. Our, our faith is our shield. And then we are called to pray at all times. And so again, if you're going to battle, if you're in a battle, I don't know anybody who doesn't want to be strong, to have strength, to be able to resist. And, and notice what it says here in the evil day. The day's evil. 
the, just the day. The, the day doesn't need any help from Satan or demons. The day is evil. There are e- there's wicked evilness all around us. Okay? But we need to learn to be on alert. What does that mean? See, that's the challenge here. It is the reality of well, what are we on alert to? Well, we're all on alert to, to really truth. The truth that there's a God, that there's a Satan, the truth that there's a Satan and there's demons, the truth of what righteousness actually is, what godliness actually is. And we don't make it up. We don't get to make it up. We don't redefine morality. We, we, we follow what scripture says. And so our, our sixth armor is to stand firm against the devil's schemes is our shield of faith. The shield of faith. If you don't have faith, then you don't have protection. Your protection isn't muscles and brain power. Your, your, your faith is, or, or your shield is actually your faith, which essentially again is, is true thoughts. I, I talk a lot about fake news, right? Fake news. And again, that's, that's lazy. We don't, we don't just say fake news because there's something behind the word fake. And so when we did the study for the, for the school and for the course, it's like, well, what defines fake? Well, when you use logical fallacies as your arguments for truth, that's fake by definition. So, so when you give a news story and you don't leave in all the, the facts, that's called omission. You're omitting the whole story. Well, that makes it fake. When you attack a person, so, so you have a person that you don't like. It doesn't matter the event or what they're doing. You just attack them personally. That's ad hominem. That, that makes the news fake. Because we don't like him, we don't like his policies, right? When, when we see diversion, okay, here's, here's the issue. This is the issue. Well, don't think about that. Let's think about something else. We'll redirect the argument. That, that makes it fake. When we make it anecdotal, well, let's interview this person live. And what do you think? Well, I don't care what they think. I can find anybody to think anything. So I can always bring somebody. I can, I can bring, you know, another way they like to use fake news is bring somebody who's popular and famous. Oh, I love sports. I love football. I don't care what my quarterback thinks. Guy's been studying how to throw a football, not politics. Love you, dude. But don't care. Um, read a book, you know, actors, you know, most of our actors have gone to school for like two minutes. No, they didn't homeschool. I'm for homeschool. They, they unschooled. They start acting when they're like 12, 12 and 10. They've never gone anywhere, but they know how to rule the world, you know? Um, so we, we, we battle with this, this thought in, in our, in our faith has a connection with this. So what, what is, what is our faith tied into? Well, the shield, it's a shield. Well, what does a shield do? These shields were actually long. They would go from here all the way down to like your shins in the Roman army. Cause primarily that's probably what we're looking at the Roman army in this, in this example. And so this shield was a long shield and would cover almost their entire body. 
Um, and it, it, it was to block, to block weapons, spears, arrows, swords, all kinds of stuff. In a set, essence, it's a, it's a movable barricade, right? Wherever I go, I have like my, my little wall, my little, my little barricade. Well, from what? Well, verse 16 says, take up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all flaming missiles. <laughs> now, remember the time and place. This is 2000. This is the Romans, right? They, they're bows and arrows and that kind of thing. And they go to this flaming missiles, which for us, we have a different picture of a flaming missile, right? It's like a rocket launcher on your shoulder. That's, again, this is just a picture. It's, it's the attack of the evil one. That's the issue here. So your shield is to protect you, barricade you from the attack of the evil one. And so the picture here is just think of Satan and his little demon force with all their little missiles, right? They're just rapid fire shooting. In LA, we, we would call that a drive-by. Uh, it's kind of a big thing in LA, the gangbangers, you know, they figure, well, we know where somebody lives. We're going to drive by and the gutless cowards that they are, instead of knocking on the door and challenging them to a, you know, battle out in the front lawn, they just drive by and open fire as they're driving by. And so as they shoot their bullets and their bullets go all over the place and random firings, and we've seen women and innocent women and children shot. Well, that's how Satan is. He's just firing these missiles all over the place, just seeing how and what will stick. For you, it's lust. For somebody else, it's greed. For, for somebody, it's selfishness. It, whatever. Whatever I can get to stick, that's what the, the, the missiles then become. They're, they're an, an attack. The most missiles are actually the missiles that are attacking God's truth, as I've explained. That's what we saw in the very, very beginning with Satan. Did God really say that? Is that really true, what he said? That's the attack on everything that you see in Scripture. Is that really what marriage is? Is that really how you're supposed to treat each other? Is that really how you're supposed to live morality? Time after time after time, missile after missile after missile, a, a, a ruthless assault on truth. And so the shield then is supposed to protect us from various attacks on our belief. Our faith then protects us. Psalm 18.30 says, God is a shield for those who take refuge. It's not a shield if you don't take refuge, if you don't use it, right? Psalm 5.12, the righteousness are covered with this shield. So there's a tie-in where, where your, your righteousness is your shield. Remember, it's, it's not about the tools. This is an image. It's not about a real shield. There is no shield. It's your faith. It's your righteousness that's going to protect you in this world. Philippians 4, 7 says that our hearts and our minds will be guarded. That, that's what we're protecting against. That's why it goes back to thinking the right things. We have to protect our hearts. We have to protect what our minds take in. So a man thinketh. He will live. If you think it's okay to drink and drive, then you'll drink and drive. 
right? The way you think is the way you're going to live. And so we, we see then that our shield then is our faith. And ironically, Hebrews 11.1 1, that says, what, it, what is faith? A faith is assurance of things hoped for. You are sure of the thing. What is that thing we're hoping for? Heaven. Our faith is assurance in heaven. Which means our faith is our assurance that this flesh is temporary, but the spirit is eternal and forever, and I want to spend it in heaven. By the way, it also reveals that the eternity is true with hell as well. Biggest mistake, not believing that there's God. Second mistake, not believing that there's a Satan and a hell in which people who don't follow God go to. These are two fundamental truths that are essential. But remember, Psalm 18.2 says, The Lord is my rock. The Lord is my fortress. The Lord is my deliverer. The Lord is who I take refuge in. It's the Lord who is my shield. And that's what David realized. A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about how David. What's the difference between us and David? David understood when he stood in the battle against Goliath, he understood he didn't need the king's armor of a helmet, a shield, right? He had faith. That was his shield. That was his protection. Well, the seventh armor that we see that we use to stand firm against the devil's schemes is prayer. And last but not least, um, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit with this view. Be on alert. So really the first thing is, are you on alert? Are you on alert? Or are you just, you know, skipping through the woods here? Well, the proof then is in the pudding. If you say, yes, I'm on alert, then an obvious response is, oh, well, then you're in prayer constantly, right? If you're not in prayer constantly, then you're not on alert. Um, so it's a real, real self-check here. Notice the consistency. With all prayer and petition, pray at only when you need it. Sometimes, once a year, when things get really bad. No, all times, all times, all times. That's why when we look at the pattern for prayer, and we looked at when Jesus was asked, well, how should we pray? And, and, and the opening was, well, first adore God. So things don't have to be bad for you to go to the throne of God and just adore him. My God, my refuge, my strength, all powerful, all, all omnipotent, right? Thank you for Mount Rainier. Thank you for the rain. Thank you for the sun. Just, just adore and praise God. Things don't have to be bad for that to happen. Second piece, confession. I'm sorry, we're in a room full of sinners. Um, we do things. We have things to confess, to apologize for breaking God's law, for admitting to God. Pray at all times. If, if you're alive and walking and breathing and there's people around you, then unfortunately you're in sin. It's the way we treat each other, the way we think about ourselves as being the A number one. That's selfish. That's making yourself God. That's probably the worst sin of them all. Um, Thanksgiving, 
You're not sure what to pray? Just start thanking God. Are you alive? Thank you, Lord. It's one of the first things I do every morning is I, oh, I love wiggling my fingers. You know why? I like having fingers. Because when you break them, when you sprain them, when you do things to them and you can't use them, it's a drag. And a long, long time ago when I had a two hands and, you know, wrapped up in things, and I was like this. It's like, how do I brush my teeth? Um, became very, very thankful for the use of things. And as you get older and everything aches and hurts and you don't know why, and you take a shower and you get a back spasm or, you know, eating your Cheerios and everything hurts. So you're just thankful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for my family. Thank you for the house. When it's raining, I'm dry. When it's hot, I'm cool. I mean, there's just so many different things that you can thank him for. Thank you for when I confess my sins, I can be forgiven for them, right? Because when Jesus died on the cross, he paid the price for our sins. That's something to be thankful for. And then finally, the supplication. We always go to that first. This is what I want, Lord. See, Jesus isn't Santa Claus, okay? So don't just go to him with a list, but you can, you can go. You don't get because you don't ask, right? You can go before the throne of God, but we're called to pray at all times. Why? There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. And one of the things going on is we're in the middle of war. Are, 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 are you aware of that? And that's the point of Ephesians 6. That's the point of saying, look, finally, as we're trying to walk in a manner worthy of the calling, as we're trying to live a godly Christian life, you, you need to understand that we're in battle. Stand firm, put your armor on. And so we're called to pray at all times. Reminded me of, uh, you know, in, in Israel, they have their, their, their iron dome, right? So at any time, if somebody shoots missiles or rocket launchers, which they do all the time, um, that was one of the things as I was doing a little fake news check. Um, I like doing this. I get Google and then GoDaddy, right? Two search engines. And I'll type in the exact same thing to see what they give you. So I put in there, uh, you know, Israeli missile attack. And so Google said Israeli strikes Hamas in Lebanon. And then GoDaddy said Israel strikes Lebanon after rocket attacks. Different story, right? There's a difference between a response, which, but anyway, all that to say, Israel has this iron dome that, that blocks missiles. See, it helps them sleep at night. It helps them walk to school. It helps them go to work. Why? Because they have confidence. They have a confidence in the security of, of having the protection. Well, that's what prayer does for us too. When you're in lock and step with the Lord, you have confidence. We were singing earlier, he walks with me and talks with me. I remember like it was yesterday. One of the first times I went to church, this uh, young pastor, he was a youth pastor and come by in his van and pick kids up. We could never do that now, but he, he did that. And uh, I remember, I think this might've been the first song that this little church was singing. He walks with me and I was like, what the heck are they saying? What are you talking about? Well, you know, if, if you don't walk with God and if you don't talk with God, well then guess what? He's not talking back to you either. It's funny when you 
pray every day and you keep a prayer journal and you keep track of what you're praying and then you start seeing how God answers those prayers, then you realize he does walk and talk with me. I am in tune with God because I'm in relationship with him. And we understand that. I mean, we have phones now and we're texting people and emailing people and calling people and and the people we know and love, we like and do all this stuff. Well, if you don't ever reach out to somebody, don't be shocked that you're not in a relationship with them and you don't get a, a wedding invitation, right? We're not really friends. Um, we like to avoid God, hide from God, act like he doesn't exist, follow other religions, other ideologies, other beliefs. And then when something really, really bad happens, instead of praying at all times, we're going to pray now. Now I need you, God. Come and save the day. It's interesting in, in war. You know what we have in, 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 in the army in our military services, we have these things called chaplains. Isn't that weird? Think about that for a second. This is like, you know, Rush Limbaugh used to say, you know, the army's to, you know, kill and break things and pray. I mean, just think about that for a second. Where did the history of the military having a chaplain, where did that come into play? Because you know what? When you're in a hole and somebody on the other side is shooting at you, trying to kill you, you start reevaluating things really quickly. Like, what happens if I don't make it out of this hole? Uh, I would prefer not to get shot. I actually had a dream two nights ago that I got shot. And um, I was, well, it was weird. Um, I was like, as soon as I got shot, I started going down like this list of things that needed to be done. And anyway, it's a dream. But the, 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 the point is that the military understands the secular government military understands how important like something like prayer is which is why they have have chaplains it's one of the reasons why and here we are as christians and we're in spiritual battle and we don't we don't think we need prayer that that's that's bizarre that's why ephesians reminds us no 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 this is part of how we live our Christian faith. Look, we, we've studied this. We've looked at this. The devil is real, is active. We saw that with Job. We saw that in the garden with Adam and Eve. We saw him attack Jesus. The devil's on the prowl like a lion. Are you on alert? Are you able to defend against the schemes, the rulers, the powers, the world forces, the spiritual forces, the evil days, the flaming missiles of the evil one. Well, you should be. And you should be confident. You should be confident. Because if you're doing these things, then, then you should have all the confidence in the world, just like David. No fear. There's no reason to fear a defeated foe unless you're not on alert. So this is how we fight the good fight. We fight the good fight and we're blessed because we know the mysteries. The mysteries have been un un unfolded to us by God himself. And so the, the belt of truth, remember a couple weeks ago we talked about how the, why these, these tools are used and how Satan attacks us with them. 
Well, this is how they work on our side. The belt of truth reminds us there are absolutes. There are absolutes. There's a right and a wrong. There is a right and a wrong. There's order in this universe. It's not time, chance, and randomness. Chaos does not win. We see chaos in the streets. We see chaos in the universities. Chaos leads you spiraling to nowhere. So the belt of truth is actually what will defeat the chaos. The breastplate of righteousness, it, it, morality is real. We, we've talked about things like fornication, adultery, homosexuality, lying, pride, selfishness. When you are a selfish person, that does not go well for you. Um, righteousness, being unselfish, being humble, being truthful. That's your breastplate of righteousness. The gospel, our, our feet being shot in the gospel. There's only one way to the Father. There's only one way to the Father. It's not all roads lead to God. That doesn't even make sense. Two opposing views can't both be right. A view that says, this is the way. Let me give you directions to God. Okay? Go two miles down the road, make a hard right, and you'll run right into him. And then, some, no, no, go right down the road, make a hard left, and you'll run right into him. Those are two opposing views. Just because you started on Kent Kingley and you're on that road for, well, it's the same thing. It's not the same thing. It's going in totally different directions. The helmet of salvation, knowing that, that God saves us, we don't save ourselves. It's not our strength. It's not our might. God saves us. He's the one who has saved us, will save us. And so we have that confidence. Understand the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. This is how we defend against unrighteousness and untruth. How do we know that this is right and wrong? Well, um, oh, right here. In the beginning, God created Male and female. That's it. Um, there's two. Again, historically, scientifically, scientifically, we can biologically test that. That's what truth is. Okay. So the word of God is our defense against anything. Anything you want to. And guess what? New stuff will happen all the time. And so bring it on. Bring it on because we have what the truth is. We know the truth. Our shield of faith, the assurance of these things hope for, the conviction of these things makes us strong. That's our power. Our power comes from Christ. And then wrapping all this together, when we're praying at all times, that's what helps us to be in the Spirit. Yes, the Spirit resides within us, but are you in the Spirit? Or are you holding the Spirit at bay? Open your arms and embrace the Spirit. Be in the Spirit at all times, and that will give you your protection and your confidence and your perseverance. And so, when we look at 
fighting the good fight, fighting this battle. There's nothing to fear. We should have all the confidence in the world, but we should be honest and know that it's real. And because it's real, we need to be on alert. Let's pray. Lord, we come before your throne because you are real. You are living, active, and alive. God is not dead. God lives. And Father, we need to live as what we say. If we say you live and you're real and you're alive, then we need to act like it. If we say we believe in in prayer and we have this amazing opportunity to be in your presence and communicate with you, then we need to take advantage of that relationship. And Lord, the reciprocation and the growth that will happen, you continuing to disciple us, us continually to, to just bear our soul to you and, and, and put our confidence in you and to be in relationship will, will make us stronger. Lord, everything that you've done has been for our benefit. Even the instructions to be on alert. You want us to stand firm. You want us to be strong. You want us to, to fight off the enemy. And Lord, you've given us every tool in the, in the chest to fight this battle. And so, Lord, we, we pray for strength as we leave the doors. We pray that we would honor you righteously with our lives, bearing the fruit of saved people. We give thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.